with the doctor. I'm Dr. Daryl Talbot, your host. Thank you for tuning in again to another segment of the Illumination Show with the doctor. I have a very important guest tonight on the Illumination Show. We got my daughter, Dorica Talbot, coming in. And uh, I'm excited about that because... Anytime I get to promote my own family, it's, it's a blessing. Also, my new book has been released. I forgave the two men I vowed to kill. Find that book on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and other outlets. I'm excited also to do an interview. After this interview with my daughter, be the next episode will be with Miran Burton. She is the mother of my cousin Teva Burton, who was 17 years old. She had left behind an 18-month-old daughter, and I think a two-month-old son. A jealous guy came in the yard, tried to kill me, kill my cousin who was standing beside me. And Mayran, we're gonna talk about that event is covered inside my book. I, vow, I forgave the two men I vowed to kill. We're gonna talk about that situation and. She's going to explain how she had to work through her forgiveness of forgiving that guy who came and changed all of our lives. Not only did he kill my cousin, he paralyzed another girl who was walking behind us. She took bullets. So that night, he messed up the lives of two innocent young ladies, both 17 years old. And he messed up the lives of our family, messed up my life, traumatized my life for years, years, the guilt of believing that my cousin died as a result of me, even though I was innocent. So that's gonna be the interview that's gonna be coming up next after this interview here with my daughter. But forgiveness, key topic. I I'm so excited because so many people are telling me, hey, the show is helping you, it's helping us. You know, some people say I can't forgive at this moment. The call is calling in now. Welcome to the Illumination Show. Who am I talking to? Derika Tolbert. Derika Tolbert. Why does that name sound familiar to me? I mean, it's probably one of your greatest creations. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Well, Miss Derika, the Illumination Show, normally our focus has been on forgiveness and people who had stories on forgiveness but for you we may change it up we could talk about forgiveness or we could talk about a struggle in your life that you had to overcome and then we're going to talk about your achievements in life so pick whatever topic that you want and we'll begin with that topic i mean we could talk all three of them well, awesome. Actually. You want all three of them. Look at that, being greedy. But um, that's cool. <laughs> about all three. You can uh, background. Give me a little bit of background history on who, who's Derika Talbot. Give me a little bit of background before your accomplishments. Let's let's go through your childhood a little bit, and then we'll talk about the things that you have achieved. We'll talk about your business. So just give me a little background on um, where you come from, where you was born at, and and things so forth. Um, I was born in o Ocala, Florida. Um, from my mom, I am the second oldest of five girls. 
And from my dad, I am the second oldest of five kids. So I come from a big family. Um, I was predominantly raised by in a single parent household, mostly. So, you know, we pretty much I grew up typical, like, you know, we struggled growing up. Um, I grew up in the hoods. Uh, I was never like in the streets, you know, school was always my focus. My mom and dad made sure school was always like number one, like top tier for me. Um, at age 18, I moved out of Ocala to expand my career because I knew what the life, how I grew up is not where I wanted to be. So I wanted to be better because I believe that God took me through that so I wouldn't stay there. So I moved to Tampa, um, enrolled in school, got a good job, dropped out of school, um, pursued that job till I was just unhappy and, and couldn't take it anymore. And I went back to school and got back on my course. Um, I finished LPN school first. I left my job and became a nurse. I stayed stagnant for like three years with that um, until I, I was pushed back to go back and get my RN. And that's where I am today. All right, awesome. Um, you say you had all three of them. What's a forgiveness story that you want to talk about? Okay, so you're my dad. Um, growing up, right? That's what they say. <laughs> that's what that's what Dana says though, because Dana. <laughs> Go ahead. Dana said that you're my dad, ninety nine point nine percent. Um, so when I grew up. Um, my dad was always on the road. He already knows this. Um, so I predominantly lived in the household with just my mom. It was my, me and my mom and my sisters, and and we struggled a lot. Like, you know, mom did everything she could to make ends meet. Dad did pay child support. But for the most part, it was just, you know, me and my siblings. And while I was growing up, you know, I never really had a dad in the household. Because once we got of age, that's something my mom said she would never bring another man in the household because, you know, stuff happens to little girls and she, that's not something that she had wanted us to go through. Right. So you know, your dad won't interject something till they get a good picture. Um, you and mm -hmm. me and your mom was not in a relationship. So I want to make sure people understand that because you say you didn't have a dad in the house because we was not mm -hmm. in a relationship. So I was more to bring some clarity to that, but go on with your story. <laughs> so um, growing up, it was pretty much like just us for the most part growing up. I didn't understand the the inner workings of my mom's and my dad relationship. You know, it was always like um, two sides to the story. And, um, you know, I, to me, it was like who was there. And for me, the most part, that was my mom for the most part. But at first, it didn't really bother me because God, God placed men that was there for me in my life. You know, so at first, I didn't really miss out on the the father figure, you know, as much. Um, but it was just growing up, not understanding um, who got more time with dad or why I didn't see that or why dad was always gone. Like that was always like a missing piece in my life. But my mom also raised me in, in church, you know, so, you know, I, I never like hated my dad or anything. Cause it was always that God factor in me that would have kept me from doing that. But when I got 18, um, I decided I wanted, I don't know what happened, you know, why me and my dad wasn't so close or what happened. So I decided that I was going to pursue a, a relationship with my dad and I decided that everything that happened before there, you know, was was like we can start on level grounding because with both of my parents, I feel like they were growing up while I was growing up, you know, like they was learning while they was raising me. So I remember I called you on the phone. I don't remember that. And I told you, you know, I wanted to start fresh 
And then we had met, I think it was like at Jira birthday party or something. And you told me like your whole side of the story. You know, you walked me through your shoes and I told you what I agree, what I agree with and didn't agree with. And ever since then, like, man, you had a clean slate. You know, we're like the best of friends now. You know, but that was something like major in my life that I had to forgive and let go of. And and that's a great story. I'm glad you're talking about that because, like you said, a lot of dynamics, which we're not going to discuss all the dynamics, a lot of dynamics um, played out inside that situation. For one, I was mm -hmm. a truck driver. That's for one. So I was over the road, and I think that's one of the reasons why after I did get married, that is a 16-year gap between you and um your baby sister. So when I did get married, you know, I was the only one that was birthed in a family because I was married then. Um, you, Dorica, I'm saying you, Jaleesa, and um, Nathan, and also Darrell, you know, came from single relationships back then. And so I learned, okay, the mistakes that I made with these kids, I wasn't going to make with Jair. I remember you telling me something. I don't know if you remember this. When I was when I was sixteen, I remember. No, when Kathy got pregnant, what did you tell me? You remember? Do you remember? I told you that God gave you a second chance to be a dad to her, and that she would get everything that we didn't get. Yes, and 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 I heard you at that time, but I really didn't understand what you were saying. But now that Jair is seventeen years old, was turning seventeen next month. But I, I I always remember those words because you was right. You know, a lot of times being on the road. You know, it, it wasn't a choice, it was a necessity. You know, child support was coming out at that time. I had you all when I was 21, 22. I was still a kid, being a kid. So, and I'm glad that we was able to sit down that day and really have a hard to hard talk. And I explained the way I saw a lot of situations and you explained the way you felt. And I think that that was the beginning of a great relationship. Cause like, no, mm -hmm. you, you my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were men and me, and, um, and, and that's a great story because you know, everybody, and I teach this now that I teach uh, marriage counseling, I teach from the perspective and I tell people that oftentimes you looking at your parents, your parents did the best that they could at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody did the best with the knowledge that they could. And I ain't saying that what they did was right. You know, I don't excuse yeah. everything, but I'm saying with the knowledge, because a lot of times I look at a lot of the older parents in my church now and with the knowledge that they have, they feel guilty about how they might have raised their kids. And I have to tell them, look, hey, you didn't have the knowledge you have now that you mm -hmm. had <laughs> so you did the best that you could so that, that's a great story and your dad don't have no problem talking about that because oftentimes people need to be real with situations that they went through and mm -hmm. how god was able to work them out you know as to why why the situation was that way so hey awesome i'm just glad that god put people in your life while I was going out there over the road and that, you know, even now I think that I really came back at a very detrimental time that I think he, he had it so I can get off that road at a time that I could really be in your life. And mm -hmm. I also grew up, you know, I, I grew up, you know, by the time I got off that road, you figure I'd been out there for what, 12, 13 years. So, you know, I came back a whole different individual looking at life 
then it was chasing money. I needed money, money, <laughs> money. Yeah. But then it, you know, after a while, I began to look at the family perspective of this thing that, hey, and I remember an old man that told me this at a job. I, I never agreed with him to years later. He said, son, money and everything. You know, I lost two families out here on the job that we have. And I'm thinking, I was 20, 33 then. I'm like, man, what he's talking about, man? Money's the answer to everything. But it was until years later, after being out there, then one day I looked at like, man, my marriage in trouble. You know, I'm making a lot of money, not there in the life of my kids. And then the old man voice came to me. Money is not everything. Mm -hmm. And that's when I began to look at life a whole lot different. Never took vacations because I was so busy. You know, at 33, I wanted to be retired at 52. And I'm trying to make that goal. But in my pursuit of making this goal, I was a sin of destruction that yeah. I was doing along the way. So um, I thank you for that story. And I thank God that our relationship is what it is. Awesome. I love you. You know, like I say that, I'm glad we had that talk. You said the struggle. Let's talk about mm -hmm. the struggle that you had to become who you are today. Okay. Um, let me see which one I want to talk about first. I can I can take you actually um, back to last year, actually. So um, I grew up in the church. Like my whole life, I know God, I know the way, I know the path, but I was, God blessed me, you know, with the knowledge and stuff, and I became a nurse, and then once I became a nurse, I took off, I started traveling nursing, and everybody know travel nurse and know that there's money, so I was chasing the dead presidents like my daddy, um, and it got to the point where church kind of got pushed to the back burner, you know? So I prayed for God to give me the job and the money. He gave me the job and the money. Then God just, you know, started taking a back seat, you know, in my life. And um, I stopped praying as much. You know, I was just going through the motions, waking up in the morning. Things just waking me up in the morning, touching church, you know, every now and then. Because I just know that's what I'm supposed to do. Like I was even in church, but my mom wasn't in church, you know. I was just sitting in church like, okay, church service get over. Okay, I'm getting basically credit for being in church. I'm present. You know, God seen that I went to church like I'm still making an effort. And although I'm like still making this money, like um, mentally, um, I started going down. Mentally, um, my spirit man started getting weak. Um, I have, you know, friends that would come to me for prayer and stuff. And I found myself being so weak. And I've been a strong person my whole life, but my spiritual life was so weak. I couldn't. I, I couldn't even pray for myself, let alone like reach out to pray for somebody else. And um, I remember I heard a pastor say one time, the, the side of you that is the strongest is like the, the side that you feed the most. And I wasn't feeding like my spiritual man. So then um, my mental started going down and I found myself like in this very dark hole. And I, I felt like I was depressed. And if you ask me what was wrong, I really couldn't tell you what was wrong because I wasn't hurting for money. You know, my bills wasn't behind, you know, I had everything I wanted, but mentally I was suffering. But because my spiritual life was suffering, you know, I didn't have that connection to God like I normally have. So I would literally just like sit home some days where I was out of town and just cry, you know, and then I would go to work and like, you know, take care of my patients. And I would just cry and I couldn't shake it. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. 
And then I realized you know, I don't have a connection to God anymore. So I started back reading my Bible. And even that was a struggle because, you know, the enemy was still fighting me because I was trying to get back to where I was. So, you know, I started praying. I, I literally went on the bench where I wouldn't listen to anything but gospel music, straight bench. If it was anything else, I, I didn't want to hear it because mentally I was weak. And, you know, people, I'm one of those people that people always call when they have their problems. And I, I had to stop, like, t- letting people tell me their problems because I couldn't carry the burden for nobody anymore because I had to learn to carry the burden for myself. And normally I'll call my mom, you know, and tell my mom to pray for me. But it got to the point where I felt like I don't need her to pray for me. I need to learn how to pray for myself because one day mama not going to be here. And I need to learn to do this for myself. And um, I just pretty much went through the motions. I got a connection back with God. I started reading my Bible and I started asking God, not just to help me read my Bible, to help me understand and interpret, you know, my Bible. I got back into church heavy. And then that's when, you know, I felt myself lifting out that hole that I was in. And it's probably a trouble, you know, I call some myself because I asked God for that. And then I disconnected from God. And I think that's where we go wrong for. He give us what we want. But then we turn our back on him once we get what we want. Then when we get down again, we come back to him because we want some more. But yet he said, when I gave you what you wanted, this is what you did with it. So why would I give you more? So that's pretty much it. Oh, that's powerful. And oftentimes, too, <laughs> I know the little things about like my dad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> We get sidetracked to what's important. You know, we in America, we think that. The almighty dollar is everything, but in all actuality, it's not relationships, time invested, because we all got appointment with death in this life. So the thing that really matters is the thing that we should focus in. But one thing about it is I'm glad you regain your focus because in traveling nurse, you can make a lot of money traveling here, there, and everywhere, and you can get lost up in this make money make money i'm not saying that we can't make money but everything need to be in this right perspective you know the values of life and you're still young you have no kids and you're in a mm-hmm. great position that's why i'm glad to see you traveling to this place and that place live life you're only gonna live here one time but also be wise with everything that you do now, i know growing up y'all used to say Oh, my daddy, he missed the crabs. You know, he, you know, if I'm calling for money, I got to get this lecture. You got to get a dad. lecture. Yeah, you got to get the lecture. But guess what? Now that you are older and now you're paying these bills and dealing with life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see what my dad was talking about. <laughs> why, why, he, why he had the lecture before he let that money go. It wasn't that I was tight. I was trying to teach y'all the value of money in that life you got to store for a rainy day so that, mm-hmm. that was a lesson in everything that i do and i'm saying if my kids you know i've been there and done that so i know you know as a drug dealer you know i don't had money ran through money only trucking business had money but being wise with the money and being able to refocus i'm glad you was able to regroup we're going to switch gears Dorica Talbert, okay, she's a nurse. Awesome. You, you forgot to mention that in your family, you know, not just your siblings, but in your family heritage, you was what, one of the first to ever go to college? Talk about that. Yep. Talk about that. Um, um, my mom's immediate family. So my grandmother um, has seven seven children. 
And out of that seven children, and she has too many grands and great grands to even name, but um, I'm the fourth oldest grand. Uh, I'm the first grand. Um, I was first grand to graduate. Um, before me, there wasn't a graduation in our family, I want to say for like 10 years or maybe a little longer than that before me. I think it was maybe longer than that. And I'm the first one to go to college out of the children and the grandchildren. So prior um, to me, nobody had um, been to college before me. So I kind of opened that door and pushed that through. And now they're following me in my footsteps now, but I was the first one to break through that barrier and push through to trying to pave the way, you know, for the rest of us to break that generational curse that, you know, that we had going on there. And that's an awesome thing. I applaud mm -hmm. you for that. And one thing you mentioned early, now I might've been over the road with my truck driving, but I didn't play about that school. Now that's one thing no, I that I can, <laughs> I can give to your mama sent. I can give to Cindy. I can give to Sandra. They, they allowed me to be the enforcer when it came to the grades and I didn't play <laughs> about that, <laughs> that school. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, hey, and, and because my dad didn't play. So I think a lot yeah. of time when you're a parent, subconsciously you pull from the way that you was raised. So I had a father that didn't play about grades. So of course, naturally, when I have kids, it becomes the same thing to push, to drive. I know you're capable. You can't make mm -hmm. less. And my dad wouldn't allow us to be less than what we were. You know, he always pushed that, that um, you're greater. And I push that in you all. Hey, you're great. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, you don't, don't settle for less. You know, there's a greatness inside of you that won't allow you to settle for less. I want to talk about your two businesses. Um, you take these shoes that you have and you decorate them. Let's talk about that real quick. Okay, so I have always been a naturally creative person. It's just, it's kind of like just part of who I am honestly. So um, I always have these thoughts. So I always have these visions of something I can make. And um, I will always just make it, you know, just to bring my vision to life to say I can do it. I never thought about turning it into a business. To me, it was just, you know, a gift I had. It was just something I can do. Really, I didn't even consider it a gift. So it wasn't until maybe like the last two years, I started tapping into it heavily. But I will only, um, you know, strictly just do it for family. Oh, I have tons of nieces. I will do it for their birthday parties. And um, I started making like baby boutiques for baby showers. And, you know, it was just like a word of mouth, but something that I never thought of doing it as a business because I didn't procrastination for one, maybe a little bit of fear. And two, I just was like, I just really don't have time to sit down and be tied down to it in my head but really so pushing it off and everybody always told me oh you should you know people would buy this stuff you should open this up but i just kept pushing it to the side and then last year um i remember we was trying to hire a decorator for my grandmother's party and you know either they was unavailable or the prices were too outrageous and i was like you know i, I know i can do that why don't i just get my own materials and i decorate the party myself it'll save us some money and then you know it's another thing i visioned that i had to bring to life to show myself i can do it so I um I decorated my grandmother party and from her party, I decorated other parties for family members, but I never took it outside the pretty much the family. And um my mom and my dad and my friends and everybody kept saying, you should really 
um, make this a business. So you should really start, you know, selling and promoting yourself. That stuff would make money. And then I was talking to my dad the other day and he was like, you, you procrastinate and that's what you're doing. And um, somebody hit me up the other day and asked me to decorate for them. And I, I finally accepted my first official business venture, but I was riding in the car and I was praying to, and I'm like, Lord, you know, I don't want to do this and I don't want to fail, you know, because my name is on this. But then I, you know, God brought before me Proverbs 18, 16, and it said like a man's gifts would make room for them. And, and creativity is my gift. Everybody doesn't have that. But it's something that I guess I kind of take for granted because it's something that I've always been. I don't, it's second nature to me. I don't think about it until somebody will say, oh, like, that's really nice. Or I wish I can do that. So here I am now, 2024. I'm officially launching. My dad said he's going to push me. And so is everybody else. So, yes, I have a decorating business. And I also have a, a business where I bedazzle um, shoes. I make baby boutiques for baby showers, um, baby crates. If you name it, I probably can do it. And that's so awesome. this is a real now. And that's awesome. And that's you're right. I am gonna push you. You know, I have a platform that I bring <laughs> other people and talk about they um struggle for getting then I allow them to promote their business. So as a father, I have a daughter, of course, I'm gonna bring my daughter on here and promote my daughter it's one thing i want to point out to let the, um, the, the the listeners understand me at that time you and your sister are how many days apart um Jealous. 27 days apart so they are not twins they're 27 <laughs> days apart so you know yeah you know what that had two two women or three actually at that time so that tells you something about me at that point in time that I have two daughters less than 27 days apart. And that's when I was, after I got from the military, 21, 22, 23. So it was a lot of things going on in my life at that time that, you know, by the time Jari came, she got a whole different day and a whole different mindset in everything when it come to that. But in closing, you have somebody who might have had a struggle with their father because I find that to be very prevalent in a lot of people that I, I counsel, especially in marriages. And even as an adult, they still have either father-son issues or they may have father-daughter issues. What would be your advice, Nurse Dorica Tolbert, for them? Okay, so I always had um, this analogy. Um, when I was growing up, I remember um, my grandmother used to play cards and they would gamble around the card table, right? And they never allowed the kids to play around the card table. We was banned from the card table because the, that card table was only for adults. So only the adults at the time held the cards, right? So in my head, it was like a metaphor. Like my mom, when I was growing up, or my dad held the cards for me growing up. I couldn't hold my own hand because I was an adult. When I turned 18, those cards became my cards. Now, when I got them, it might not have been no hand, no winning hand, no royal flush, no nothing, but it was my responsibility to take those cards and to flip them over and to make them into a hand that I was proud to hold, a hand that I would throw down with pride knowing I won. So as an adult, we all have problems at a certain age, you know, you kind of got to take that and it becomes your responsibility. Yeah, 
you might have been this, you might have been that, your mama might have been this, your daddy might have been that, but at some time you have to take accountability. You have to forgive them, not for them. You have to forgive them for you because they they probably sleeping at night because when they had they don't think sometimes they really didn't do anything wrong sometimes or they they know they did the best they could but you're not the one sleeping you're one out there on drugs you don't want strung out you don't want can't have a relationship you're the one sitting here suffering and it's because you got to forgive them and you have to live your life and then too when you ha i don't have kids yet but i have raised nieces and nephews but i did a lot of stuff different than what i was raised because i felt like god had me go through it so my kids won't so I know what I didn't like growing up and I know I didn't like, you know, the struggle, but you know, my mom tried, she did the best she could, but I felt like God put me in there because that is my genetic. That's my buildup. That's my spiritual buildup also, you know, so God knew I was going to need that to deal with what I'm dealing with today. Without me going through that, I wouldn't be the Derek I am here today. Amen. So you go through stuff for a reason. God wouldn't allow you to go through that. For God allowed that, God wouldn't allow you to go through that. He know where you're going. That's just a stepping stone you had to go through. And that's just my take on it. And that's a great take. I want to go somewhere with that. Wouldn't you say, though, oftentimes, and uh, we hit on this, that sometimes, and I interviewed people, and even in my life, I had to go and step. It's a part of my motivational speech that I give people that sometimes you have to go walk in the, the, your parents' shoes for a second. And when mm -hmm. you walk inside their shoes and you see a lot of things in there, like I've interviewed people when they took this journey through their parents' shoes, they can find out that mama was molested and raped and they might have been a product of that. And as a result of that, then that's why mom hated me or she reminded me. So it's just a lot of these mm -hmm. situations, um, how important it is that for you to say that sometimes in order to make this thing uh, start is forgiveness process that sometimes you may have to take a, a journey through your parents shoes mm -hmm. and i can say i don't i'm pretty sure she wouldn't mind me talking about it but growing up um my mom had shared a story with us that told us that she did um she was molested one or i think a couple times so when my mom divorced my stepdad i wanted to say i was like maybe eight or nine around that age and I remember um, we never seen, and my mom dated after that divorce, we never saw another man ever, ever, never stepped foot in the house. And she always told us that's something that she went through when she was younger and that we were getting of age and me and my sister was hitting puberty that she would never bring a man in the house because she would never risk that happening to her girls. And at the time I didn't understand because I'm like, we didn't really understand what molestation was or, you know, how it actually affects people now, especially with me being in the medical field, me understanding the 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 tragedy and the trauma behind it. But that's something that she, you know, she set aside in her life and sacrificed in her life that her girls didn't go through because that's something that she went through. So it's just like little stuff like that where I'm like, if I was a parent. I thank God for that. You know, I thank God for my mama doing this or my dad doing that. Now I understand as an adult why they did what they did. Amen. That's great. You know, as a father, I'm proud of you. And I tell all mm -hmm. my kids, I'm not proud of you because of what you accomplished. I'm a proud of you because you were mine. <laughs> you, you did that connection where you used to be that till we found out it was dead. But uh, <laughs> but it's the dead clad, you know. And uh, I thank God for you. But I'm also proud of your accomplishments and things that you push through life, you know, me and you, we kick it, we clowns of all uh -huh. my kids, you know, we, 
we the most like I tell people all the time, you know, when it comes to Nathan and Jaleesa, they 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 got that holy reverence of God. Ah, you don't say this to daddy, you know. Oh no, you don't even look like that. But then you you and the rail, y'all like to tiptoe to that forbidden line, you know, y'all like to dance right there on that forbidden line. And Jar, she she both, she's a combination of both, you know, but um I, I thank God for my father. I think the driving force that my dad instilled in me is the driving force I instilled inside my kids and the driving force all mm -hmm. of my siblings instilled inside of their kids. You'd be surprised at that force that pushes you forth in life. And a lot of times this stuff is because of who your father or mother is, these driving forces that cause you to excel in life, which will not allow you to be any less and as my motivation bins i say this right here the greater inside of me will not allow for me to settle with less uh -huh. you like that don't you <laughs> a little bit a little bit <laughs> you can go ahead and only use it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna I'm a tweak it and make it a little better than oh, that okay so. go ahead you, you tweak it and make it a little bit better that's all <laughs> well and good but if somebody wanted to have their wedding decorated a party decorated or any kind of decorating of buildings or whatever goes with that platform how could they reach you okay so my business page is up under construction right now um but i am doing a facebook business page you can reach me on that page at sparkle d's creations my Facebook name is also my name. It's D as in David, A-R-R-E-K-A. -E the number eight, um, nope, it's my name in Tober. Just like my, if you go on my daddy page, you can click on my page. It's spelled exactly the same, except it's E-K-A at the end, and he got E-L-L. -L. Oh, yeah. So those are, the two, those are the two platforms I'm on so far. But when I officially launch, I'll invite my daddy to the page. I have him advertised so you can go directly through his page and click on that too. And then my actual website will be up and running within like 30 days. All right. Awesome. Well, I appreciate having you on the Illumination Show with the doctor, even though the doctor is your father. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what, old man? I'm proud of you. You know, I never thought I'd be talking on my daddy podcast. But you don't grew up on me. I'm proud of you. I raised you right. Ah, uh, I appreciate I'm it because you know, you know, your dad was on eighty nine, eighty nine point five FM radio station too. So, so this podcast, like you, is something that was in me. It's my joy. Mm -hmm. But um, I appreciate hearing my kids say they're proud of me, considering that you know I made that decision to sell drugs and went to prison and. To hear your kids say, hey, I'm proud of you. Yeah, that was a bad lapse with judgment. But look what mm -hmm. you overcome since that mm -hmm. situation right there. That uh, you turned, well, God turned a bad situation into a, a good situation. Well, I love you. I keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to be behind you. I'm going to keep pushing you. All right, same here. Don't forget to get his book. Oh yeah, don't forget. The the came. Don't forget the book. I <laughs> just actually ordered my I ordered my last night. All right, yeah. Procrastinating. Your daddy sent out the order two weeks ago. Well, yeah, you know, when I've been told you to check in with my secretary. And then she'll 
put it on the calendar and get it back to me. And I've been told you to send me emails, but you refuse. So okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I forgot that I have to get in line. I, I'm sorry. I, I'll make mm -hmm. sure I. Uh, get in line with your protocol there. I'm sorry, <laughs> Nurse Dorica. I got you. <laughs> All right, babe. I love you. All right. Love you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Awesome talking with my daughter. And one thing that we talked about, y'all. A lot of times and, and keeping it real a lot of times. I'm not one of those people who want to act like that. I've always been the greatest father. And like she said, she had to forgive me because I was absent a lot. You know, child support, I was paying $747 child support. Once again, that's nobody problem but mine. You have these kids, you have to take care of these kids. And I was in a situation that, hey, I have to take care of these kids. But I didn't want to be broke after taking care of these kids before I became a truck driver. You know, uh, by the time I paid, I'm making six seventy five at a job. By the time all the child support came out, I didn't have no money left, and I, I didn't want to go back to prison again because I went to prison for selling drugs, and and the, the the desire to sell drugs was strongly on me because I was broke. So I ended up buying my own semi truck, and that took me away from the my children, as I explained. You know, I was never in a relationship with them. Uh, it was single relationships that brought forth children. So that's why none of them was in the household with me, except Jar. That's the one that I married her mother, and we brought forth her. I was 40 then. So you look at a parent 21, 22, compared to a parent that's 40. Totally different person, totally different mindset in everything. But I love that we could talk about that situation and we did talk about it and was able to resolve whatever misunderstandings and understandings as y'all heard the relationship that we have today is it, it, beautiful it's a great relationship so these father son issues these father daughters issues they can be reconciled they can be worked out people just got to be willing to talk and they got to be willing to understand man, what was the circumstance in this situation right here, you understand? Like I said before, I don't know that you're speaking about it. Understanding about it is, is so helpful. As always, thank you all for listening to the Lumen Nation show with the doctor. The next podcast after this, make sure you catch it. It's going to be with my cousin, Miran Burke. We're going to talk about the tragedy that happened over 33 years ago and how she was able to work with it. And once Teva died, she had to take both of the kids and not only raise her two dollars, but raise Teva two children. And I'm sure that put her in a bind, but yet she was able to do it. So listen in because this segment is about promoting the healing to forgive. A lot of people need to forgive. And that's what I'm why I'm doing these episodes to try to help people who struggle with forgiveness to go ahead and forgive to free yourself from this situation so once again you can go to amazon barnes and nobles i forgave the two men i about to kill i forgave the two men i about to kill by dr daryl tolman to the next episode be blessed